Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning. You have survived it. Congratulations. It is Friday. Praise be to God. You made it. The weekend is upon you, and hopefully and prayerfully you'll do something interesting and fun, relaxing, or even productive this weekend. Uh, but uh, don't forget, Amber Days, or Ember Days, or Amber, good grief. Ember Days, thank you very much. Ember Days are upon us. So uh, Google that, look into it. You might learn something about the tradition of the church that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, uh, Holy Mass on Sunday. So it's going to be a great weekend. We're looking forward to it, and uh, uh, next week we'll... Have another great lineup. We have a full lineup next week. Looking forward to that. Uh, Praise be to God. Uh, But today, here's a question that I want to ask. Does Mexico need a reconquista, especially for Our Lady of Guadalupe? Um, We're going to have Luis Medina on the program to talk about that. He uh, he has a uh, podcast or a a YouTube channel uh, called The Reconquista. So it'll be fascinating to get his take on the faith in Mexico these days, plus, you know, corruption and, and everything else. So we're going to conversate with him at 15 past the hour. At 35 past the hour, good grief, it's Friday. I had to get out of my own way. At 35 past the hour, we're going to get the latest on the situation in Australia. Massive rallies going on down there. We're seeing video in Melbourne. Uh, people are are really beyond themselves when it comes to the lockdown measures out there. A very draconian-looking video of uh, police firing bullets, uh, rubber bullets at their own people. Um, just really uh, concerning stuff coming out of Australia right now. So uh, the Australian TFP is uh, going to be joining us in the uh, this hour, 35 past the hour. Paul Foley is going to give us the latest information on what's going on there and what we need to know. So it's going to be a full lineup. Praise be to God. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. But let me also just quickly say thank you to everybody who responded to the uh, the fun game of giving away stuff for uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, the four free downloads. Uh, we had a great response to the email I sent out last night. And thank you for doing that. Thank you to everybody who signed up to our email list or joined our text list and played the game. We're very grateful. Many of you uh, got it right, but you weren't one of the four. So I will be responding to uh, everybody this morning after the show, providing the free downloads to the winners. And uh, we can maybe announce them on Monday or what, maybe put it on our Facebook feed or something like that. But at any rate, I just wanted to say thank you very much for doing that. So praise be to God. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Uh, anything fun for the weekend planned? Um, Let me guess. Something to do see. with family. Yes, family's always, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, uh, let's see. Not, I, wow, it's that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's that compelling. It's that riveting. I, like, I haven't even thought of the weekend. I'm like, I'm just going to catch up on sleep. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, praise yeah. be God. I may go uh, scout some hunting property because uh, archery season opens in a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tempted, mm, very tempted to sneak into the woods today. We'll have to see. Speaking of sneaking around, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. Uh, what are you off to this weekend? Oh, you know, just not doing much, hanging no? around, uh, driving to Arkansas. You know. <laughs> That's a, it's a very standard practice. Yeah, you know, just a typical, say. typical weekend. Typical. No, my, my brother, who's at Stephen F. Austin um, sure. in Nacogdoches, Texas, 
uh, invited me to go with him and the Newman Center there up to Arkansas to go camping for the weekend. How he literally invited me yesterday. I got like 10 o'clock. I was like, oh, crud. I got to go shopping. I don't have, I've never been, this will be my first time camping. So I had no, I had nothing oh, to go, tra- to go camping to camp. with. Um, um, so yeah. it was pretty rough. So I'm like, okay, ran around like a chicken with his head cut off, getting everything I needed. And so after the show, I'm bolting off to see if Stephen F. Stephen F. Austin, I can't talk, and uh, <laughs> and pick up some people. They asked me to drive, so they're like, I'm like, so they they hitched me, uh, they got me uh, to load my truck with their stuff, and then I'm off to Arkansas for the weekend. Well, praise God, that sounds like a fun time. Yes, pray for me because uh, my mom is freaking out. She's like, you're gonna get eaten by wild animals, and I was like, mom, probably, mom, probably. Look, I'm more likely to die <laughs> driving up there or driving back. Okay. Let's, let's, and I don't think and it wasn't comforting for some things. reason. Let's not let's not tempt the Lord, okay? Let's just pray everything is covered in the precious blood of Jesus and everything goes well. But uh I also wanted to mention really quickly, because we're gonna have a full show of guests today. Uh there are concerning stories we may jump into in the after show today, which is the uh second half of the second hour of Catholic Drive Time. So you'd have to join us by live video feed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or even on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, there is a, there's a push by the Biden administration to dishonorably discharge uh, military members who refuse to get vaccinated. That is very concerning to me. And there are so many members of the military that are refusing the vaccinations that it's a, becoming a very serious problem to include up to at least a quarter if not more, of all U.S. Navy SEALs refusing on religious conscience exemption uh, to get the vaccinations, which means they're not going to be deployable. And, uh, you know, our special forces are, are sort of the backbone of our, our foreign operations these days. So it can really impact our capabilities. It's a very concerning story. And uh, maybe we'll jump into that in the after show. But let's pray and dive in. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. And one more time, thank you to everybody who played the game for the Lord of the Rings. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and other headlines with Janice Valenzuela. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice, and here are your headline news for this morning. From LifeSite News, COVID-19 patients across America are being denied treatment and even the basic standard of care in what has been described as, quote, ungodly, unholy, un-American, unconstitutional response by hospitals, end quote to the coronavirus crisis, according to the speakers at the latest Stop the Shot conference. From LifeSite News, Canadian Nurses Nurse Union has warned that the COVID jab mandate will lead to an unimaginable staffing shortage in the coming months. At a time when the union is imploring with health employees to improve staffing levels across the province, we are concerned that the mandatory nature of the vaccination strategy will force members to leave, further exasperate a staffing shortage that is increasing by numbers. From LifeSite News, 
Weeks after taking up his post as the new president of the former John Paul II Institute for Marriage and Family Studies in Rome, Monsignor Philip Bording made a remarkable statement in revealing interviews by Lacroix International, the English language daily editing by Lacroix, an unofficial daily of the French Episcopate, stating, quote, we theologians cannot continue to assert certainties about the family when we see the transformation it is undergoing today, causing many to question if he is implying to redefine the definition of family. From Blaze News, more school districts have moved to mandate COVID-19 vaccination for students ages 12 and older. Oakland Unified School District issued a press release announcing that at a Wednesday Board of Education meeting, the directors voted five to one with one absentee in support of a vaccine mandate for children ages 12 and above. This mandate will not take effect until sometime next year, it is predicted. From Blaze News, a Black Lives Matter leader in New York is rallying up against New York vaccine mandates and has proposed an uprising against mandatory vaccination and passports based on race. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio signed a vaccine mandate on August 17, requiring everyone over the age of 12 to present proof that they have been vaccinated against COVID in order to enter indoor restaurants, bars, nightclubs, gyms, movie theaters, concerts, venues, museums, and event spaces. According to the New York City Department of Health, only 38% of Black New York New Yorkers are vaccinated, compared to 49% of whites, 51% of Hispanics, and 71%, 76% of Asians, and lastly, 78% of Native Americans. From Blaze News, after days of controversy surrounding a false report that Border Patrol agents on horseback in Texas used whips to drive Haitian migrants away from the border, the Biden administration on Thursday banned the use of horses in Del Rio, Texas. The, during the Daily White House press relief, Press Secretary Jen said images of Border Patrol confronting illegal immigrants attempting to cross the Rio Grande were horrible and horrific. She told reporters that the De Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mallorca, spoke with civil rights leaders Thursday morning and has informed that they will no longer be using horses in the Del Rio border. And lastly, from Blaze News, the Biden administration thinks U.S. service members who refuse to comply with the military's COVID-19 vaccine mandate should be subjected to the potential of dishonorable discharge. In a statement issued Tuesday, the White House forcefully rejected a provision in the National Defense Authorization Act prohibiting the Pentagon from dishonorably discharging any service member who declines to get the vaccine. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Friday. The saint of the day is Saint Thecla. 
And uh, this is one of the coolest saints you've never heard of, or and I never heard of. She was born in the first century, and she is noted in the Acts of Paul and Thecla, an apocryphal work, which forms a part of the Acts of Paul, but what was uh, was circulated separately. According to the text, Thecla was a young and noble virgin from Iconium who listened to Paul's discourse on virginity and espoused his teachings and became estranged to both her fiancé and her mother. Thecla sat by her window for three days listening to Paul and his teachings. When her mother and fiancé witnessed this, they became concerned that Thecla would follow Paul's demands that one must fear only one God and live in chastity. So she turned to the authorities to to punish both Paul and Thecla. Thecla was miraculously saved from burning at the stake by the onset of a storm and traveled with Paul to Antioch of Sidia. There, a nobleman named Alexander desired Thecla and attempted to rape her. Thecla fought him off, tearing his cloak and knocked his coronet off his head in the process. She was put on trial for assault. She was sentenced to be eaten by wild beasts, but was again saved by a series of miracles when the lioness, in particular, protected her against her male aggressors. While in the arena, she threw herself into a nearby lake full of aggressive seals and was able to escape. She then joined Paul and Mira and Mira and traveled to preach the word of God and become an icon. She lived for 72 years in a cave in which people found her. They found her. She called out to God and a new passage was opened in the cave and the stones closed behind her. The passage can still be found today. St. Thecla, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 9 verses 18 through 22. Once Jesus was praying in solitude, and the disciples were with him. He asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the ancient prophets has arisen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said in reply, The Christ of God. He rebuked them and directed them not to tell this to anyone. He said, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Cyril of Alexandria had this cool phrase today on this gospel. He says, quote, Now his engaging in prayer might perplex his disciples, for they saw him praying like a man, whom before they had seen performing miracles with divine power. In order then to banish all perplexity of this kind, he asks them this question, not because he did not know the reports which they had gathered from without, but that he might rid them of the opinion of the many and instill into them the true faith. St. Cyril of Alexandria, pray for us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Does Mexico need to be reconquered? That's the question, and it's coming up next. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
GloryandShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryandShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryandShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryandShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Surely, if you're thinking about the reality, the horror, and the enormity of abortion, you have to be moved to do something. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Uh, I'm your host, Joe McClendon. It's great to be on with you. Apparently, it is Friday because my brain is like already in weekend mode. So uh, let's pray that we get through this show, uh, the rest of the show today. It's going to be good, though. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to be speaking with uh, Australian TFP member Paul Foley out of Australia to get the latest information on what is going on there. We're seeing incredible video coming out, uh, especially from Melbourne, massive rallies, draconian police maneuvers. What is the latest down there? Paul Foley will be on with us to discuss that. But joining us right now from the Reconquista Network YouTube channel and podcast, is Luis Medina. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, good morning. Good to be here, and thanks for the invitation. Yeah, praise be to God. We're very grateful to you. Um, one of my, you know, I have come to love Hernan Cortez in uh, in a great way these last few years. Yeah. I especially can thank uh, Warren Carroll for his incredible work yeah. on uh, on his uh, church history and reading his work on. Hernan Cortez, and reading Bernal Diaz's journal of their actual events that happened there blew my mind away. And it, it, lately it's been making me think, does Mexico uh, need a reconquering, especially for Our Lady of Guadalupe, in light of corruption, in light of scandal, in light of, of secularization, of the occult that gets uh, mixed in? And uh, and now we're seeing uh, even even with this latest Traditiones Custodis document that came down this past week, we're seeing an attack on tradition as well. So uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Um, absolutely. Well, first of all, let me give you a quick context of what's going on in Mexico. The short answer to your question is yes. Uh, spiritually speaking, we need to reconquer Mexico, maybe for a different reason. But uh, this is what's going on down there. Apparently, there's this idea that a lot of influencers and YouTubers that are spreading the notion of the fact that they say, like, Pope Francis is not the Pope, or, you know, there's, like, set of a contest ideas. Actually, they have to do more with, like, schismatics than tradition, per se. So, that being said, this is why the Custodius, uh, that document is actually very important in Mexico. That does not mean that we justify liturgical abuses. That's a whole different topic. But, like, what's going on in Mexico, you have a lot of people who sound very Catholic. They dress very Catholic, actually. The whole bells and whistles and everything. Um, and essentially, they are denouncing or you know, encouraging people to leave the faith. 
that created this uh, perfect storm because a lot of supposedly Catholic traditional communities, which are not in communion with the Holy See, uh, which are not, we're not talking about the FSSP, uh, and we're talking about just self-appointed communities with no uh, oversight and jurisdiction popped out left and right. And I confirmed this with a reporter down there. Her name is Alejandra Ortega from a publication, uh, A Tiempo. Uh, she confirmed that, that that's, uh, I mean, more than one source told me this. So this is what's going on. These are the conditions that created the, the Bishop or Archbishop of Guadalajara, uh, Cardinal Francisco, I'm, I'm sorry, Archbishop Francisco, Jose uh, Francisco, to enact this law, which is what kind of caught fire with the controversy. What is it? Essentially, what they said is, okay, if we're going to have Latin Mass, by all means, we can have it. And I talked to the spokesperson of the Archbishop yesterday around noon to confirm this. Uh, we're going to have Latin Mass. It's not a problem. It's not being suppressed. Uh, but we are going to make sure that our Masses that are encouraging the faithful to stay Catholic. None of this, like, Benedict is the true Pope, Francis is not the Pope, or whatever idea, you know, insert your favorite flavor of Cervacantism type of thing. So that's what's going on. And I asked him, uh, point blank, if... Because one of the uh, rumors or ideas that was floating down there was... Well, we're going to allow Latin masses, but only for the uh, the clergy. No, no faithful can attend the Latin mass. That's actually not true. The the father um, uh, Antonio Gutierrez is his name that I spoke to. He said that it will defeat the purpose. They actually want people to go to Latin Masses. They just want to make sure it are Masses that are not encouraging people to leave the faith. As we are seeing, obviously, here in the United States, it's happening also in a greater degree, in my opinion. This is my opinion. Down there in Mexico. So they're trying to bring a little bit of, cl a little bit of clarity uh, among all this confusion because down there is rampant. And a lot of people are living the Catholic faith and they think just because... You can dress like a traditionalist and you can act like a traditionalist. You are by default a traditionalist. Well, you and I know as Catholics is more than that. Uh, Luis Medina is our guest. Reconquista Network is his podcast. You should check him out on YouTube. We'll link to it um, so you can find it easier. Uh, but let's talk about Mexico in, in, in general then. Um, mm -hmm. it, it does seem troubling to see uh, a country that was conquered out of love yeah. for, uh, for Our Lady, right? I mean, Our Lady yeah. herself came to evangelize the, the people yeah. of this continent uh, because they're her children and she loves them. And, uh, and defeated Satan himself, because it was Satan that Hernan Cortez, through Bernal Diaz's journal, uh, encountered there in the temple, in the Aztec temple in Mexico City, what's today Mexico City. And, uh, and yet we see uh, coming back, I've, I, not, was it, was it four or five months ago, Adrian? I had a, a former U.S. Marshal on, and he was telling me about all of the occult practices of the cartels that are so ingrained oh, yeah. in Mexican culture these days. Oh, yeah. um, I find that very troubling. And uh, what, what, what needs to happen to turn things around there, I guess, is my question. Well, first, uh, what needs to happen, um, this is going to be controversial. I'm sorry, guys, but down there, they need a different government. Now, the government is not the solution. I get it and all that. But like, I don't think the government's a, up here is the solution either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to but down there, you have literally a precedent <laughs> that set up a, that, those sacrificed temples right down in the heart of Mexico City in the plaza. Um, I mean, spiritually speaking, that's a very important move, uh, clearly against the faith and not just the faith of Catholicism. Um, also, we're talking about 
about a quick side note if you're talking about mexico and conquering history if you notice uh for you guys who are in the audience listening check the mexican flag as it progresses within time progress i said in quote um you start seeing the eagle devouring the snake well as you see it now the snake head is above the eagle's hand, which is actually a very oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's like never paid attention to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that message that the snake will prevail. Obviously, it's not true. We know we believe in the true gospel and God, and, and that God is crazy. will win. But yeah, I mean, that's the land of Guadalupe, and it's an, at an insult to injury, and they start changing the meaning of colors and all that. Anyway, but that's beside the point. What happens? What needs to happen in Mexico is, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, communities that are craving the gospel and uh, materialism. I mean, just like you know these modernist ideas are infiltrating any society like any western society mm. mexico by default is one of those inheritors and uh they're losing their ground um but i would tell people don't lose hope um and things might look a little dire and all that but god has the final word we just Amen. gotta pray a lot now, honestly i've never been to mexico it's been one of my goals to go visit our lady of guadalupe uh the tilma down there and yeah. that, and praise be to god someday that i hope that happens um, but it would seem to me, and I would want the same thing there that I want here, and that yeah. and a, a total evangelization of souls and a conversion of society. But in Mexico, I find like, well, they've, they, they should have an advantage because they had Our Lady Guadalupe, they, you yeah. know. So to me, I, I kind of focus on that a little bit. But w- like with all of the troubles and the issues in society, um, the, the, the document that came out of Tradiciones Custodes felt like a heavy-handed approach compared to... All the other problems the society is facing. Why? Oh, it seems to me like the bishops ought to lead with uh, massive Eucharistic rallies and processions through the streets. You know, uh, inundating houses, homes, streets, businesses, and 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 places uh, where communities meet with uh, you know exercised holy water and miraculous medals and you know and ju- and holy masses out in front of uh, government buildings in order to exercise the demons you know you know it's like there are states in Mexico that are being overrun by armed uh by private armies run by yeah. cartels um and yet we're focused on these other issues that are not they're not it's not that they're not serious it's that in proportion to the other issues they seem to be displaced um how do you see that i agree actually you know among all the priorities first of all let, let me clarify it's also we have a bigger issue in mexico which is they just imposed sadly abortion i mean a lot yeah. of the states were rejecting it like nationwide it just like Argentina and all these other places, this agenda is obviously advancing uh, regardless of the will of the people. Mexico also, because as you mentioned, is that cultural significance is under heavier attack than anybody else. Again, is the land of Guadalupe. It doesn't really get any better than that. I'm not bragging or anything. It's actually a huge responsibility. Um, so the, that's why they're going to get a lot of, they get the shaft essentially. With the violence, I mean, not only you have this organized crime cells that are highly trained, they have literally special units themselves. I mean, that's like big talk boys kind of stuff. So you have a lot of problems. And as to why the bishops, one like embrace the faith i don't want to accuse them because we're, you know, we're catholic we don't want to uh make any false claims but why will they not take that approach is beyond my understanding in my opinion that's the solution at least the beginning of the solution like you mentioned processions adoration by all means but um apparently down there the whole topic of 
health, let me put it that way, that uh, in that that way we don't get in trouble. Yeah, wing, wing, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> Big yeah. tech overlords, we love your censorship. You're the best. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently uh, a lot of people are scared about the health thing going on. Yeah. And uh, they fear uh, that more super- than losing the sacraments. But I think the lay faithful are waking up to the desire, the, des- the deep desire to see strong leadership with supernatural yeah. faith. Absolutely. And, you know, and, yeah. he, and Catholics who desire the tradition, they want more, not less, of the patrimony exactly. of and the gifts and the beauty of what Jesus Christ handed down through his apostles, down to the bishops, down to our age. And uh, it's confusing, I think, to see uh, where we, we, we pretend as though the world has got this all figured out, and yet it was the sacraments and grace that, God, that Christ instituted in order to transform that, that broken world. Um, college you is, wouldn't it be amazing to see the bishops of Mexico, the bishops of America, the bishops of the world, for crying out loud, to decide to say, you know what, every Catholic must now come together and do these processions and, and have these rallies and, and, and bring the grace through these sacraments to this broken world. Imagine how many souls might be impacted by that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, a little piece of hope, actually, that, that I cling to a lot is, yeah, in Mexico, we need to do that, or they need to do that, I live in the United States anyway, um, but they, they need to embrace it. They're not necessarily doing it you know, as much as we want to, but that doesn't mean that the faith is not being spread. We're seeing an increase of devotion of Our Lady Guadalupe here in the United States compared to 25 years ago. That's incredible. In other words, is, uh, I always say God will not will never leave himself without witness. You know, we mm. see that in the gospel. We see now that he play. Uh, so we see a lot of devotion of Our Lady Guadalupe here. We see a lot of people of, of Mexican ancestry here in the U.S., uh, financing uh, parishes and just, you know, uh, Eucharistic processions and all that. Whatever it takes to increase the faith. We, I have a, a theory, uh, before we run out of time is really the, you got about 30 seconds. Uh, the evangelization of Mexico will start in the U.S., believe it or not, by Hispanics here, because we have more freedom than people down there. Last, last point, yeah. uh, Reconquista Network. Can you put a plug there? It's in Spanish. So for any Spanish speakers, uh, quick plug. Could you like uh, tell us what is that real quick? Yeah, about Reconquista 15 seconds. Reconquista Network's media that, like a name says, is aimed to reconquest the airwaves uh, and bring Christ into light to all the mass media. That's okay. what we're trying to do, and we're also doing it in English little by little. All right, praise be to God. Luis uh, Medina, thank you for your time today to the Reconquista Network over on YouTube, podcast, elsewhere. God bless you, God love you, and have a great day. Thanks. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back with breaking newses. News is good grief. It's Friday. I'm ready for the weekend. News and stories. Plus, what's going on in Australia? That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Often unbelievers have a hard time reconciling the doctrine of hell with an all-good God. In fact, I've talked to Catholics who struggle with this. So what can we say to help? Well, first, the punishment of hell is not a kind of vengeance inflicted by God from without but follows from the nature of sin. All those in hell choose it, and God's respect of man's free will doesn't contradict his goodness. Furthermore, it belongs to God's goodness to make a distinction between loyal and disloyal subjects, and to give their just deserts. What kind of a God would he be if he gave the same reward, heaven, to those who refuse to love him as to those who love him? He wouldn't be a good God. For these reasons, the doctrine of hell is not incompatible with God's goodness. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for this morning. From Catholic Vote, the House is is expected to vote on the so-called Women's Health Protection Act today, Friday, which would codify the Roe v. Wade decision into federal law while eliminating hundreds of state pro-life laws. The Biden administration released a statement earlier this week saying, quote, it strongly supports this bill, end quote, the passage of the bill, the legislation is not expected to pass the Senate because it will face a certain Republican filibuster. From Catholic Vote as well, the Republican lawmakers in Florida have filed a pro-life bill similar to the recently enacted Texas law that bans abortions after six weeks. Of gestation, like the Texas law, the Florida law would criminal criminalize most abortions and also empower citizens to file lawsuit against doctors who break the law by aborting children. From Catholic Vote, MSNBC anchor Nicole Wallace asked Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Moyarcas what Trump era immigration policies have been banned, ended, and reversed if and if any investigations are underway by you. Moyarcas boasted that the Biden administration has rescinded so many Trump immigration policies, it would take so much time to list them. His comments come amid a public backlash against the Biden administration as tens of thousands of illegal immigrants have descended on the Del Rio in Texas. And from also from Catholic Vote, in an interview with Daily Caller, Catholic Vote President Brian Bursch pushed back against any attempt from the government to question the authenticity of a person's religious exemption. Catholic Church's church leaders need to be resolute and send a clear message that the federal government has no authority to tell the church what they can and cannot believe, said Bursch. From Epic Times, the railroad Amtrak said on Wednesday it will require nearly at, at least 18,000 employees to be fully vaccinated with the vaccine by tw- by November 22nd. California governor signs law amid an ensuring access to abortions in California. On Wednesday, signed by Governor Gavin Newsom, he signed two laws that are meant to make sure women have access to abortion. California uh, Bill 1356 boost penalties for crimes established by the California Freedom Access to Clinic Act. And lastly, from the Epic Times, the FDA authorizes COVID-19 boosters of Pfizer to seniors and those of high risk. The, the, the Food and Drug Administration on Wednesday authorized for emergency use a booster dose of Pfizer 
BioNTech vaccine for those ages 65 and older, as well as those ages 18 to 64 who are of high risk of severe COVID-19 symptoms. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Friday. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, thank you, Janice, for keeping us up to date. This is a headline straight out of LifeSite News just this morning. Quote, this is not North Korea, unquote. Aussies revolt over vicious COVID crackdown. Melbourne residents have been under a strict lockdown for 230 days, which even includes a 9 p.m. curfew. And uh, there are uh, images and video clips of uh, police retaliating with Rubber bullets, stinger grenades, pepper balls, and, and hundreds of arrests, et cetera, et cetera. So to join us to give us sort of a, a real understanding of what is the situation in Australia over these lockdowns uh, across the country there uh, is Australian TFP Paul Foley. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for being on our program. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. So uh, uh, give us the, uh, what is the situation currently in Australia with uh, COVID uh, lockdowns and protocols? Well, the two most populous states in the uh, nation, that is uh, New South Wales and Victoria, the capital cities of which are Sydney and Melbourne respectively, are under an almost total lockdown. And we've just heard news in Sydney that they're planning to extend this until the end of September. Total lockdown means you basically can't go more than five kilometers from your home. Uh, you can go out for one hour a day uh, for exercise. You've got to remain the rest of the day and night in your home 24-7. Uh, you can, everything is closed, bar, a few, uh, the, the grocery stores, supermarkets are open, many of them on restricted hours. And there is um, pretty much, you go to the streets of the downtown Sydney and it's pretty much a ghost town. There's almost nobody there restaurants businesses of every kind in the business district are are closing up permanently because they just can't they're just not sustainable without without uh, foot tra traffic upon which they depend uh in other states particularly in western australia and perth things are a little bit not quite so tight although they are under a lot of restrictions this situation has been going on for months i think uh, the state of victoria melbourne especially the city of melbourne in victoria has experienced the most extreme lockdowns. And uh, the impact of this, of course, on mental health, on family life, on the economy, on, on school and education of kids, and of course, above all, on the attendance at our religious services is just been absolutely, absolutely uh, devastating. It's been astronomic. I have a friend in Melbourne, for instance, just give you one site, one example of what's happening on the ground. I was talking to her recently and she knows personally six families in her neighborhood, in her area, with whom she knows, who've had suicides amongst oh, wow. the children and young people in those families. What is not being said by the media is the, the effect this is having on the psychological, the spiritual, the moral welfare of our people. This is not being said at all. Yes. So that's in uh, a rather... Uh, just in a few words, what the situation here is. You know, it's. I'm glad you brought that up because this is something we've talked about on this show a number of times in regards to the lockdowns that were going on here in the United States and the rise of addictions, the rise of abuse, the, the rise of suicides uh, were, were very, very serious. And it, you know, and the question became, 
is the solution worse than the problem? And and not only that, the the depression of of just being in full lockdown mode for so long. And in America, we thought it was oppressive. I can't imagine what you're feeling like or the people of Australia are feeling like. Uh, in I guess in Melbourne, it's been 230 days. Uh, that's that's a pretty pretty significant impact psychologically why is it do you think that the the authorities there in australia who are supposedly representing the will of the people feel like this is the best course of action well i believe that they're taking advice from international bodies of technocrats and so-called experts and government is supposed to be in a federal in a parliamentary democracy government is supposed to be of, of the people and for the people and by the people, etc. But what's happening is this it's government from the outside in and from the top down. There's no consultation with the population as a whole. People are reduced to a state of panic and terror because of the media bombarding them 24-7 with the latest statistics, the latest um, exaggerated and uh, terrifying scenarios many of which are not actually happening at all. Uh, like, for instance, they're saying that uh, the number of people dying, they're giving the impression that the number of people dying from COVID-19 is, is huge, it's uncontrollable, uh, we're all going to possibly catch it, and many of us are going to die from it. In fact, the, the government websites in Australia, the government health websites themselves are saying, and this is, this is from the Australian government, that the, uh, the number of people who've died of COVID-19 under 60 is insignificant. Mm. And in fact, most of those who die are over 18. I mean, God, God rest their souls and we, we, our heart goes out to them and their families, but it's sort of natural to die at that age. Young people who are the most affected age group, that is particularly people in their 20s and 30s, are the ones with the most, the most infected age group have had almost no deaths whatsoever. So are we actually seeing a sort of media-generated pandemic? I mean, not that, the, not that it isn't terrible for those who have lost loved ones. I've lost some very dear friends myself in, in other countries, who've lived in other countries. But at the same time, I know many dear friends who have, uh, have, have had it, and it's been like a, even a mild flu for many of them, and they've recovered, even older people. So are we actually being subjected to a massive international media frenzy that's created a feeling of panic, insecurity, angst throughout the world amongst the ordinary people and that has predisposed them to basically accept the most absurd controls and restrictions that, that something likes of which have never been seen in human history before even in the dictatorships like the Soviet Union. Mm. And why is the government doing that, which is your question? Well, I think that they are taking orders from outside of Australia. They're taking orders from international bodies and organizations who are not elected, who don't represent anybody, and are um, giving ear to a sector of the scientific and medical community that are, are creating and are painting these terrifying pictures. The voices of reason, the voices that would give a more balanced view, that is plenty of world-class professional, medical professionals, scientists, researchers, academics in universities, Nobel Prize winners, world-class academics who are saying, no, let's let's hang on a minute, guys. This is not what you're saying it is. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. That music means we have to go to a short break, but we'll be right back. Paul Foley, Australia TFP, 
is on with us to talk about the situation in Australia. This is one of the most uh, severe lockdowns in the world in regards to this. So we're going to conversate about that again on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, we should not blame people for whatever bad things they may sometimes do. We should not judge them for their faults. We should be kind and merciful. Well, of course we should be kind and merciful. However, it is not merciful to say that we should not blame them for the sins they commit. As G.K. Chesterton says, blame is actually a compliment. It is a compliment because it is an appeal to a man's soul. When we call a man a coward, we are, in so doing, asking him how he can be a coward when he could be a hero. When we rebuke a man for being a sinner, we imply that he has the potential of being a saint. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, we're talking with uh, TFP in Australia, uh, Paul Foley, or he is with the TFP in Australia, about the situation of the lockdowns in Australia and, and sort of where we're at. And, I, and Janice, over the break, you, you mentioned there's a kind of a crazy story coming out of Melbourne. Yeah, there's a story from Young Americans for Liberty that's stating that uh, Australia is limiting Internet access in Melbourne. And so uh, we just wanted to ask, what uh, have you heard of any of these reports? And I know you touched base about the media pandemic. And I think uh, part of having control of the Internet is, is part of the plan here. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I definitely think that's the case because the um, the let's say the unofficial mass media, which is now becoming uh, more followed than the official mass media, is an area where um, a lot of things are getting out that are very, that are just off message for the, the mass media. So the mass media is putting out one message and it's being contradicted by the unofficial mass media, which is effectively what the internet has become. Um, I've not heard specifically about specific aspects of locking down the uh, internet in Australia, although we ourselves, during the campaign we carried out here against a same-sex marriage a couple of years ago, we had a very, uh, with a thriving Facebook page, and it was shut down twice. And so uh, I do see that there's a censorship going on. All right. So the other side of it is, of course, in all this clamor, all this noisy clamor about uh, what kind of vaccines we should be using and, uh, and so on and so forth, we don't hear very much about the need for prayer and penance. In past times, when we had plagues and pestilences, the uh, church, the church authorities, 
the priests, the bishops, the monks, the nuns, and all the Catholic lay people, they went down on their knees and they prayed to God for his forgiveness. They processed in the streets in sackcloth and ashes. Well, of course, maybe we won't exactly put on sackcloth and ashes and walk in the streets nowadays, but we should have the same spirit. Why? Where are the calls? Where are the government ministers? Where are the um, members of Congress? Where are the presidents and uh, leaders of countries internationally uh, calling for prayer and penance and repentance? Could it be that this um, plague of corona, of corona or COVID-19 has been brought on or been allowed by God, I should say, not brought by God, been, been permitted by God because of the sins of the world. Where are the bishops? Are the bishops of Australia calling for prayer, fasting, and penance? Well, I will say in, in a sort of a low-key a low way they are, not in a major public way. I mean, for instance, our bishop, our good bishop of Sydney, Bishop Fisher, has um, suggested on several occasions in his sermons and so forth that we should be praying for the end of this, that we need God's help. But there isn't, I would say, there isn't a, a major outspoken public call for prayer, prayer and penance. We're getting from our church leadership uh, more uh, suggestions that we should be um, getting vaccinated. But that's the response. As re responsible and good Catholics, that should be our response. Go to the nearest vaccination post and get yourself your, your shots. Wow. Uh, I was wondering about the work of the TFP in Australia. Are y'all able to be actually doing anything? Do you are able to do your Fatima visits or rosary rallies? You, you mentioned a few years ago you were having your uh, rosary rallies against uh, your, your uh, caravan against same-sex marriage. What about right now? Is it just you're just stuck in your home? Or how does this work exactly for the ministry? Well, like everybody else, we're stuck in our home. <laughs> So our, we have every year, and this has been growing for the past four or five years, the uh, Public Square Rosary, and I believe the, uh, our American colleagues have something very similar and magnificent campaign they're doing every year for public rosary rallies. And we're doing the same in Australia, inspired by what you all are doing in the United States. And uh, this has been growing, like every year we have four or five hundred rallies across the country, rose, public street rosary rallies. Um, but of course, in the last this year and last year, we've had to pretty much shut this down. There have been a few spots that weren't under lockdown, and are a few spots this year that aren't under lockdown where they will go to the streets. But most people are are confined to their homes. And uh, there was a case of a man in Melbourne was literally arrested for taking out his garbage. Wow! Literally, he went out on the sidewalk with his wheeled his what we call wheelie bin, his garbage bin, out onto the sidewalk. Uh, outside of the lockdown hours, and he was actually arrested for doing wow. just that. So that is horrific. And so the protest of the people, so we're seeing people that, that are actually protesting or watching the uh, people get knocked down, arrested, shot at uh, with non-lethal weapons. And uh, are these protests purely secular? Is there any kind of um, Catholic faith that is involved there. And I, I remember when I saw the protests in Ireland, the uh, unofficially the, the TFP was as assisting them there and they, have, they had Our Lady of Fatima processing with them for their, their protest against the lockdowns. Uh, what about in Australia? I haven't noticed any specifically overtly religious um, expressions during the protests. Uh, 
But what I can tell you is that religious people across Australia are amongst the most concerned about what's happening. Because I think they're in a position to see things more clearly thanks to the, um, the action of faith in their souls, the action of grace in their souls, and they're more able to see the reality behind all of this, the, the agenda that is there behind all of this. Mm. And I'm sure that uh, a lot of the people speaking, writing, and even standing in the street and marching the street are doing so for religious reasons or uh, let's say for higher reasons, if not specifically religious, for reasons of faith, family. For instance, I know personally many friends who have attended rallies here in Sydney. and We've had some very big rallies here that have not made the news. We had one, we had th tens of thousands at a rally here wow. in Sydney, if you want to hardly made the news. Um, so, uh, and then you get, you get 10 people calling for uh, um, mandatory vaccines, and that will be front page of the newspapers. But at any rate, my point is that I know lots of people who went to those rallies because they're concerned of the effects on family life, on church life, mm. on our religious life. We cannot attend the, the, the churches. We cannot go for the sacraments. Mm. People are cut off from the sacraments at the very time when we most need our faith. We most need to be in the churches praying is the very time we can't go there. Amen. Paul, I have another question. I, I've been hearing talk about what is happening in Australia is essentially a prototype of what is eventually going to happen for the rest of the world in other countries and other states. Do you feel that, um, you know, uh, elites are, are working to make uh, uh, Australia the prototype for kind of like the test run before they unleash what they want to only unleash for the rest of the world? Well, that's a very good question. I think we, we can make intelligent guesses along those lines, and I sort of suspect that may be the case. Um, but I have to say that Australia isn't at all that much ahead of the rest of the world. If you look around the rest of the world, uh, similar things, similar program, a similar agenda are, is being implemented. And what is what is most telling is how is it that so many governments, I would say almost all the governments of the world, are all doing exactly the same thing in, exact, in every country, whether you're first world or third world, whether you're rich or poor, every government is following almost the same manual or guidebook about how to deal with this crisis. Mm. And uh, that that's, gives me the, uh, the impression a very strong impression that there is actually a, a guiding hand behind all of this. Now, one of the things they want to roll out here, and they're already starting to roll out, is the um, COVID-19 vaccination passport, which basically means that you won't be able to go to work, you won't be able to shop, you won't be able to get on public transport, you won't be able to go to your friend's house, you won't be able to go to church unless you have proof that you have been vaccinated. That means two shots. Already, most people need this to go to work, even if they live close to their work, even if they go in their own private transport. They cannot go to most workplaces without this passport. This is going to become mandatory for everybody in Australia. So as our Premier of New South Wales said the other day in TV, guys, you either get your two shots and your passport, or you're going to be locked out of society. That is crazy. Yeah. That is creating a second class of citizens. And uh, I, I would hope that the bishops would, 
learn to speak up to this issue, even if they think the vaccines are efficacious and good to get, the fact that the the bottom line is there's a second class of citizens being created as a result of this, people who are acting according to their conscience, uh, I would hope the bishops would defend their right to do so. It is a very troubling thing. And the last question, we have about a minute and a half left, uh, or a minute left, is I, I feel like the people are not being represented by the government they have elected. I saw a video of a police officer telling uh, the rioters in Melbourne, I'm just doing my job, I'm just doing my job. I mean, uh, the same s- sorts of statements said in in you know in the, in the army of Nazi Germany in the 40s. Um, do the people feel like, the, do the, in general, uh, do the people want this? Do they agree to this? Or what is, on the whole, how are they feeling about this? You got about a minute. I would say the people here in Australia are very divided about the whole thing. There's people very strong for and very strong against the vaccines. Overall, I would say that everybody is against forced vaccines. It goes against the most basic principles of freedom and democracy and human rights. Um, so I would say that uh, the, what you're seeing in the streets of Melbourne, the rioters, the media is now twisting it, giving it the spin, saying this is extreme right-wing element. There may be a handful of those people involved. The majority of those people are simple blue-collar workers, straightforward, uh, honest-to-goodness guys who are out there saying, we can't live like this. We can't have our lunch. We can't work. We can't do anything. Um, And and I think that most people in Australia would feel that way, that they're not being represented at all. Well, we are out of time. Paul Foley from Australia, TFP, Tradition, Family and Property. Thank you for your time today. God love you and God bless you. We'll be praying for you to be released from your captivity soon, hopefully. We count in your prayers and you keep up the good work. Amen. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time on this Friday edition. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you all for tuning in today and joining us. If you are at all able to join us in the next hour, we give out prizes in the game show. It's a lot of fun. And as I said, prizes are involved. Watch us live, if you can, on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Don, why do Catholics confess their sins to a priest rather than going directly to God? Because that's the way God set things up for us to receive His forgiveness. In James 5.16, God, through sacred scripture, commands us to confess our sins to one another. Scripture does not say confess your sins straight to God and only to God. It says confess your sins to one another. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus tells us that He was given authority on earth to forgive sins. And then scripture proceeds to tell us in verse 8 that this authority was given to men, plural. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus says to his disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. How did the Father send Jesus? Well, we just saw in Matthew 9 that the Father sent Jesus with the authority on earth to forgive sins. Now Jesus sends out his disciples as the Father has sent him. So what authority must Jesus be sending his disciples out with? The authority on earth to forgive sins. And listen to the next two verses. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. 
If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Why would Jesus give the apostles the power to forgive or retain sins if he wasn't expecting folks to confess their sins to them? That's crazy. And how could they forgive or retain sins if no one was confessing their sins to them? The Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another. It also tells us that God gave men the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus sends out his disciples with the authority on earth to forgive sins. When Catholics confess our sins to a priest, we are simply following the plan laid down by Jesus Christ. He forgives sins through the priest. It is God's power, but he exercises that power through the ministry of the priest. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is great to be on with you today. Uh, it is Friday, and by the grace of God, we have the weekend uh, to enjoy. Unlike the folks down in Australia, we just wrapped up a conversation with uh, uh, Australia TFP member Paul Foley about this situation, the lockdowns that are you know coming up, creeping on a year now. I mean, severe lockdowns. So enjoy your weekend. Remember, there are people who can't. So this weekend, remember them, I guess. Uh, I want to thank everybody who played the the game uh, on the giveaways for Lord of the Rings. Uh, thank you for playing that. We had a lot of great responses to the email I sent out last night. The question I asked was, what was the uh, Joseph Pierce's favorite Catholic type in the Lord of the Rings? And I didn't tell him that I was going to be asking that question, so I just kind of threw it out there. And he his answer, so just spoiler alert, I already have four winners to give away the four free downloads. But his answer was Treebeard. And I was very surprised, surprised by that because of his response in that he said Treebeard represents the tradition of the church and the wisdom of the church over, over those many centuries. And I was just blown away by that. It was a great response and very insightful. And I think it really... T- spoke to how J.R.R. Tolkien weaved in this Catholic uh, lens into his work in a very profound way. So I want to thank Joseph Pierce again for being on the show. But thank all of you who responded to the game show uh, on, the, on the Lord of the Rings download giveaway with Andy Circus And God bless you for doing that. I'll be sending out uh, the download links to the winners right after the program this morning to you. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. I am. My brain is, is, uh, is tired today. And yes, it is shut off. Same here. So I'm going to take a nap and let the two of you just do the rest of the show. Oh. How's that I, sound? Well, I, I kind of want to take a nap too, so. Um, let's see. Seniority. I, I claim seniority. So me first and then you two have a great show. I'm, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But we can take naps later, I guess. 
<laughs> uh, there will be plenty of sleep in heaven. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. I will not be able to take a nap because I will be driving eight hours uh, right after the show, so I'll be taking off, you know. Praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Well, you're young. Both of you are young. You don't need naps. Good grief. Naps mm-hmm. are for, for the elderly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the but opposite when, way around because, you know, no. when you're a kid, you have naps. And they're not old. <laughs> and uh, well, so, you're in you know, the in-between You just, need, you just need less naps. Yes. Yeah, so and we, then young people, we sleep late. So that's um, the other thing. <laughs> uh, the, the greatest people on planet Earth get up early. I'm just saying. Uh, there's almost no exception to the rule, I think. Everybody who's really, really cool gets up super early. Uh, that's why you're here, right? Mm, nope, that's definitely not it. That's it. it, ain't it. That's it. <laughs> it ain't it. That, that's, that's what we're talking about. All right, anyway, uh, today we are going to, in this hour, we're going to have a uh, great uh, fun time playing the, the game show coming up at 15 past. And today is the day where we give out prizes. So three more opportunities to get in on the prize pack by Catholic Gentleman, who is sponsoring the game show today. So all you need to do, dear listeners, be our caller at 15 past. Now, you can either wait for me to give you that phone number and call in, or you can find it on our website, call in early and be on hold. That is an option. It does give you an an advantage. And uh, the website is grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Now, in the second half of this hour, when we are not on the radio, we are doing our after show. And today, you get to drive the conversation about whatever you want to talk about. Yesterday, we spoke with Mark uh, Oz Geitz, who was at 9-11 in Benghazi in, tw- in 2012, recounting his time there uh, when the, uh, the annex, uh, the security annex was under siege and the American ambassador was murdered uh, by militants in Benghazi in 2012 on September the 11th. We talked to him yesterday during the after show. We'll play that conversation next I think Tuesday, I think Tuesday we're going to play that during our show. So that was a great conversation. But today, the after show, you get to drive the conversation. But I've got a few stories I want to talk about, too. So uh, we'll see how all of of that goes. But we're going to pray. We're going to have the good news segment, the saint of the day, the gospel of the day, and then we play fear and trembling. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Janice Valenzuela. Good morning, friends. This is Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis met Wednesday with three Afghan refugee families at the Vatican, including a Catholic family of four children and a man who, whose parents were killed by the Taliban. In the joyful encounter, seven refugee children presented the Pope with some of their drawings, and Pope Francis prayed with the Afghan families. From Catholic Vote, Christians, Christian a- activists will march in the nation's capital Saturday in solidarity with Christians suffering for the faith around the world. Gia Chacon, who founded the Organization for the Martyrs, who is leading the march this weekend, stated, quote, We believe knowledge inspires action. The more people who are aware of the crisis of Christian persecution, the more that that can be done to aid the suffering faithful, end quote. 
According to a report from Aid to the Church in Need, 340 million Christians, one in eight, suffer from some, some form of persecution. From Catholic News Agency, over the next several months, the USCCB Catholic Charity locations across the U.S. will welcome upwards of 7,500 refugees from Afghanistan. The USCCB is one of the nine resettlement networks in the United States, and it partners with 45 Catholic charities across the country to provide resettlement services. From Catholic News Agency, the Archbishop of San Salvador thanked Saturday the president of El Salvador, Naib Bukel, for his commitment not to approve abortion, gender ideology, or euthanasia, euthanasia in the constitutional reforms outlined by the government. In his homily on September 18th, Mass for the Nation's Bicentennial, Archbishop Jose Luis Escobar, who is also president of the Salvadorian Bishop Conference, said that, quote, we want to take this moment to, to thank the president of the republic for the commitment he has expressed not to amend those articles of the pontifical constitution relating to respect for human life from its conception to the final phase of human existence in a natural way, end quote. From Catholic News Agency, Catholic leaders on Wednesday called for better treatment of Haitians and other migrants cr crowded under a bridge at the U.S.-Mexico border. The Migration Committee and Sister Donna Marcom, OP, President and CEO of Catholic Charities of the USA, stated in a recent press interview, quote, we call on the U.S. government to recess its treatment of migrants in the Del Rio and elsewhere along with the U.S.-Mexican border, especially Haitians who face life-threatening conditions if returned to ha Haiti and possible discrimination if expelled to third world countries, end quote. The bishop, the bishop Mario Dorinsville, bishop of Washington and chairman of the U.S. bishops, said, quote, We are saddened to see such a disregard for the human dignity in the U.S.-Mexico border. From Epic Times, two former Catholic alumni parents, Colleen and William Mullen, have donated over $200,000 to three Philadelphia area Catholic schools. Their hope is that their money will help students tuition as needed to support struggling families who are unable to uh, pay for private Catholic education. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Friday. The saint of the day is Saint Thecla, uh, the coolest saint you've never heard of. And I just heard about her two days ago. She is was born in the first century, and her she was a young noble virgin from Iconium who listened to Paul's discourse on virginity. He espoused his teaching and became estranged to both her fiancé and her mother. Thecla sat, sat by her window for three days listening to Paul's teachings. When her mother and fiancé witnessed this, they became concerned that Thecla would follow Paul's demands that, quote, one must fear only one God and live in chastity and turned to the authorities to punish both Paul and Thecla. Thecla was mirac miraculously saved from being burned at the stake by the onset of a storm and traveled with Paul to Antioch. There, a nobleman named Alexander desired Thecla and attempted to rape her. Thecla fought him off, tearing his cloak and knocking his coronet off his head in the process. 
She was put on trial for assault. She was sentenced to be eaten by wild beasts, but was again saved by a series of miracles when the lioness in particular protected her against her male aggressors. While in the arena, she jumped into the the nearby lake full of aggressive seals and went to safety. Thecla rejoined Paul and Mira and traveled to preach the word of God and became an icon, encouraging women to imitate her by living a life of chastity and following the word of God. Thecla lived in a cave for over 72 years and became a healer, performed many miracles, but remained constantly persecuted. The story goes, as her persecutors were about to get her, she called out to God and a new passageway was opened in the cave and the stones closed behind her. The passage and caves are still found in Malola, which became a very important site for pilgrims. She was able to make it to Rome and lie down beside Paul's tomb. St. Thecla, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 9, verses 18 through 22. Once, when Jesus was praying in solitude and the disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others, one of the ancient prophets has arisen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said in reply, The Christ of God. He rebuked them and directed them not to tell this to anyone. He said, The Son of Man must suffer greatly, and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to God. The Venerable Bede said of this passage this morning, Now the disciples were with the Lord, but he alone prayed to the Father. Since the saints may be joined to the Lord in the bond of faith and love, but the Son alone is able to penetrate the incomprehensible secrets of the Father's will. Everywhere, then, he prays alone, for human wishes comprehend not the counsel of God, nor can anyone be a partaker with Christ of the deep things of God. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, I think this is an incredible passage. I mean, obviously, every passage in the Scripture is incredible. But this is a very incredible passage. Why? Because our Lord says to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answers, The Christ of God. And he rebukes them and directs them not to tell any tell this to anyone. So there's a lot of things going on here. One thing here is notice that our Lord, whenever he asked the others, who does other people say that I am? They say John the Baptist, Elijah. Why is it that they mention John the Baptist and Elijah? Well, one thing is noted is that Elijah is a symbol of all the prophets. And John the Baptist is a fulfillment of the prophets. And so John the Baptist is uh, the greatest of all the prophets that came before him. Why? Because he proclaimed the coming of the Messiah. So when John the Baptist died, everyone looked to him and thought, oh, well, maybe this Jesus guy is the resurrection of John the Baptist. Maybe he's him come again. And uh, we see this whenever he meets um Herod, Herod freaks out and is like, oh my goodness, this is John the Baptist. But no, this is not. Instead, what does Peter say? You are Christ, the son of the, the Christ of God, the anointed one of God. And our Lord tells him, don't tell anyone this. Why does he tell him not to tell anyone this? Well, it's incredibly important as well because our Lord wants to reveal himself over a period of time. He wants to slowly get people to understand what exactly is going on. Because what would happen if our Lord just came out and just said, oh yeah, I'm God. Everybody would be like, 
um, this guy is just crazy. And they would probably try to kill him much more than they already did try to kill him because they already tried to kill him quite a bit as it was. Imagine if he explicitly came out and said, I am God. And so because of this, our Lord started revealing himself in a slow, methodical way in order to draw other people to himself while still allowing them the freedom to choose him and to love him. And I think that's an important thing to take away from this passage. All right. Praise be to God. Today's the day we give out prizes in the game show, Fear and Trembling, and that's what's coming up next. So if you would like to win some prizes, will you get three more chances if you call right now? The last three chances in this week's prize pack happens next. And the phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. Be our first caller. And you get to be our contestant at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But what we need first is a caller. Phone lines are wide open. If you've never played 
This could be your chance. Call right now at 877-757-9424. Or if it's been a while, call right now, 877-757-9424. Phone lines are wide open. Your chance to be our contestant and possibly win today's game is, is pretty good. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877 877- 757-9424. Call now. All right, so while we're waiting for that call to come in to play our game, here is the deal. There are a few things we like to do. We just don't tell anybody about them, so you know, keep it between us. But number one, we like to teach the faith, right? So we make an opportunity here to learn something new that we did not know before by finding teachable moments in the questions. Praise be to God for that. And then, of course, we like to have fun, and our callers tend to be really good sports. They tend to have a good time, and we appreciate that. Uh, By the way, that phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now, looking for our caller at 877-757-9424. The other thing we like to do is we like to give out prizes, which makes it a lot of fun, praise be to God. Uh, so uh, it's it's kind of a winner for everybody involved. But the kicker here is we won't ask our caller any of uh, of the questions. Apparently our phone lines are down again, so tech problems. That's the way it goes. But here's the deal. We won't ask the caller. Instead, I'll ask Janice. I'll ask Adrian. One of them will be right. The other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? Uh, And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence. Janice, what could they win? This week, we have a great sponsor, Catholic Gentlemen. They have an online store, Catholic Gentlemen. Dot com and they're giving away a coffee mug and leather patch hat. So the coffee mug the coffee mug is a stoneware coffee mug worth thirty dollars. It's a large sixteen ounce masculine cup cup for the man in um, the man in your life, uh, who, uh, your dad, your husband, your um, your son, uh, any any male uh, that I I think this is a perfect gift uh, to give. To the man in your life, a Catholic gentleman's leather patch hat with a leather patched uh, in, uh, attached to the flex fit baseball cap from the Catholic gentleman. So both of them are worth 65 together. So the cup is $30 and the hat is $35. So we have a good $65 value prize here. Wow. Praise be to God. Now, would your husband wear that hat, Janice? Uh, probably not. Why? Come now. <laughs> uh, well, I well, I guess maybe he'll probably wear it if he's like outside doing some <laughs> yard work or something. But he's not, he's not a hat person. Not a hat person. Well, yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah, okay. There's lots of hat guys out there, ladies. <laughs> so at any rate, uh, our phone lines were down. They have come back up, and the phone lines are are ablaze. So praise be to God. Thank you to everybody who who is calling in right now to be a part of our game. Let's jump on the phones here. Uh, good morning to you, Joseph. Thanks for calling in our program. Good morning. Praise be to God. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Germantown, Maryland, sir. Germantown, Maryland's on the board. Praise be to God. Where do you go to church, Joseph? Uh, I go to uh, St. Martin of, of Tours in uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland. How wonderful. Well, listening on uh, the mighty WMET, uh, we're very grateful for you calling in this morning. Are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the rules work? Yeah, I've been listening uh, for a couple Fridays. Praise be Um, to God. Yes, sir. 
All right. Well, then, you know, uh, you got to listen carefully to see who might be trickier, Janice or Adrian. But uh, let's just play the game. We got to jump into this. We're up against the clock now. Uh, thanks to our, our lovely phone lines for crashing on us <laughs> mid game show. But or let's do this. Janice, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? 100%. Janice, can you tell me what are the principal ways of obtaining grace? Hmm. Well, I remember when I taught catechism, and I, I used the Baltimore Catechism. Mm, okay. And, you know, they taught me that grace is that the sacraments are the invisible sign of God's grace. So yeah, I would say yeah. the sacraments and prayer. The sacraments and prayer seems reasonable. Uh, but let's just, we'll get a second opinion just because. Adrian, uh, can you tell me? What are the principal ways of obtaining grace? The principal ways of attaining grace is through the um, the sacramentals. So like wearing a brown scapular, wearing a rock of metal, Check. praying the rosary. Check. Those are the principal means of obtaining grace. I'm good. Praise good. God. Okay, so the sacramentals. Absolutely. Hmm, could be tricky here, Joseph, but let me summarize for you. Adrian seems to think the principal means of obtaining grace are through the sacramentals, whereas Janice says it's through prayer and sacraments. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Joseph, what say you? Definitely has to be through the sacraments and prayer. <laughs> a little premature on the dub. Yeah, there. what's up with that? <laughs> you are right, sir. You are right. Of course, it is the prayer and sacraments, although sacramentals are great too, right? Praise God for that. Yes, yes. Amen. I wear 20 of them. <laughs> that's, Same. That's awesome. All right, you're in the cup. You could win. It could be your day if it be God's will. But uh, let's see if we can't double your chances right now. We're going to go to Adrian. Adrian, uh, can you tell me? Who were the early heretics who denied original sin and the absolute necessity of divine grace? Those would be the Pelagians. The Pelagians. See, the good old Pelagians. The good old Pelagians. Well, I mean, okay. they were heretics. Yeah, right. So, so how mean, good could they be? They weren't. I got I mean, you. I, I guess they were All right, let's people. just ask Janice anyway. Janice, <laughs> can you tell me who were the early heretics? Who denied original sin and the absolute necessity of divine grace? Mm, that would have to be the Lutherans. The Lutherans. Yes, because I think Saint, I've heard of them. Saint uh, Martin Luther. Yeah, Saint. Saint. I mean, not Saint. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Is that what we call a no. Freudian slip? <laughs> uh, well, Can Martin. Saint. <laughs> when you mean one thing, but say Martin Luther. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Luther. Correction. Um, okay. He was a great uh -huh, the arch heretic. Uh, Yes, he was the one of the greatest heretics. So. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal, Joe. Uh, Janice says it's the Lutherans, and Adrian says it's the Pelagians. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you, Joseph? have to definitely go with the Pelagians. Definitely. I like that confidence. Yeah. No early dub for that yeah. one? <laughs> yeah, I should have, but uh, I'm asleep at the wheel today, apparently. All right, you're in for two, Joe. I'm, I'm a little pressed by the clock here because we still got to pull a winner. So uh, I'm going to move us right along, but you're doing great. You're in for two. We could get a perfect score. And I got to say... Are you soon doing, doing gratias? <laughs> I got to say this next question is probably the easiest of all three. Here we go. Back to Janice. Janice, can you translate for me? 
Deo Gracias into English? Mm, that would be full of grace. Full of grace. Deo Gracias. So full, um, full of grace. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to ask Adrian anyway. Adrian, can you tell me, or rather, can you translate for me, Deo Gracias. Thanks be to God. Into English. Thanks be to God. No, seriously, can you translate it? Thanks be to God. Okay, now, but now can you translate it? Thanks. Be oh, that's your answer. God. Okay, so, yeah. okay, mm, awkward. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Joseph, Adrian seems to think it's thanks be to God, whereas Janice says it's full of grace. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Joseph, what say you? Thanks be to God. Kazuntight. Oh, wait. No, that was your answer. Easy peasy. Yeah. Easy peasy. <laughs> Practically, what? What? I don't know how that's happening. (laughs) There's just random buttons being pressed right now. Oh my goodness. Congratulations, Joseph. Perfect score. Well done. What's happening right now is we are trying to get the drawing done before we go off the air. So I don't know if it'll be God's will that you should uh, be drawn out of the coffee cup of divine providence. Our drum roll guy is getting really tired. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, if if it is, praise God. If it isn't, we are grateful that you've played the game nonetheless. But Janice is adding you and stirring the cup right right now. I have the cup right now. Stir it good. Stir it really good. Our winner is... Emiliano. Emiliano! Emiliano, you are our winner for the Catholic Gentleman Prize this week. Oh, wow. Joseph, I'm sorry you didn't win, but you were a lot of fun anyway. And uh, thanks for calling in in spite of our phone troubles today. Uh, We love it when we hear from Maryland. Praise be to God. Have a great weekend, Joseph. You too, sir. Thank you. All right. God is so very good. We have survived it. We have survived the radio side of our program. We still have the after show. So if you're at all able to join us, please do hang out with us either on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Odyssey. We're live streaming there. And right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, where you get to drive that conversation. We'll talk about whatever's on your heart, maybe what you're doing this weekend, or whether or not you love naps, you get to decide. But I, again, want to thank everybody who played the Lord of the Rings download giveaway a game with me via our email list this week. Thank you all for doing it. I'll be sending the winners the download code and thanking everybody after the show today. God bless you. God love you. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here on Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Welcome to the after show of uh, Catholic Drive Time, where we typically get more casual about the conversation that we have, and you, my dear listener, get to drive that conversation. Um, For whatever reason today, my mind is already on the weekend and, and is asleep, so I can't guarantee that anything coherent will come out of my mouth for the next half hour. But nonetheless, we are here. <laughs> and, blame uh, the sleep. Praise want, be to God. It, morning wanted, frog. We haven't said that in a while. 
Yeah, a brain frog. Brain frog. <laughs> yeah, brain frog. If our if our game winner is listening, uh, I I said Emiliano on the radio show, but his name is actually Emilio Cuyar. So Congratulations, Emilio. So if you're listening, Emilio, um, know that that's you. It's not Emiliano. I'm sorry for butchering your name. <laughs> uh, well, let's see here. Uh, so here's the deal. If you're new here, you've not uh, hung out with us in the after show before, well, welcome. We're very grateful to you. We like to uh, give you the opportunity to drive the conversation. First-time commenters do get extra love lavished upon them. So if you've never commented, please consider a comment right now and let us know where you're from, le- that you're listening, watching, and we will uh, we will duly recognize you. Uh, otherwise, if you have a conversation you want to start up, any comments about what we talked about on the show, something else completely different, everything is open and available. Just comment wherever you're watching the program, and we will uh, we'll read that. Now, I want to thank uh, Tammy for being on the show today. Tammy and Clarissa and Patricia and Becky and the Burrier family, praise be to God. Eric Rodriguez, good morning. Happy Friday, everybody. Of course, our friend Mike is hanging out with us over on Odyssey today. Again, praise God. Paul from Buffalo is hanging out on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Who's on Facebook? We got uh, my dad is on. He said, great show today. Hey, hey, dad, did you know I was going to Arkansas? I'm just wondering. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I told Ark, you. It's Kansas, by the way. It, it's, no, well, actually, it's Arkansas, and the other one is just Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I don't know if my dad even knows I'm going to Arkansas, to be honest, because I just found out literally yesterday. I told my mom, but my dad was at work, so I don't even know if my dad knows. He's very proud By the way, dad, I'm going to Arkansas with Gabriel. To camp, nonetheless. Yes. It's a proud dad moment, I'm sure. Uh, Buddy's on. going camping. Patty was on uh, in the last hour, Michelle, uh, Ubi, and Sean was on. Sean was texting me uh, during the show. Um Let's see. Let's Jesus Robles is on. Sita is on. Uh, Mary and Don and Lori. Lori is on, of course. Of course, Lori is. She's usually our first commenter, but Gloria yeah. beat her today. She's good. Gloria said, "Good morning, happy good Friday, morning, first one." Praise be to God. And I think that's uh, got everybody there. Becky says she's going to be resting this weekend. At least she hopes. I think a, a nap is imminent in my future. I'm ready to like. <laughs> Right now, for whatever reason, my brain is just really tired. Uh, but otherwise, I was kind of hoping to sneak out and scout some public land for the upcoming archery season starting in a week or so. Uh, then tomorrow, my sons have altar server training, so we'll be getting up early for that. Otherwise, just, you know, relaxing. Chilling like a villain, like we used to say. Uh, let us know what you guys are doing this weekend. I'd love to know. I'd love to know. Praise be to God. I need to go get a shovel. <laughs> you need a shovel? Yeah. I actually added a shovel to my my kit. I have a I have a kit of uh, outdoor gear and uh and whatnot. And uh I did get a I did get a shovel not not that long ago and added it. Very helpful, especially if you're digging a fire pit. Are you taking that are you taking that to your camp? Are you taking that to your camping trip, a shovel? Um I don't have one, but I probably need one. Uh, straw poll: Is it Arkansas or or, or is it Kansas? Uh, Kansas. I'm thinking Kansas mm-hmm. in totally. Arkansas Kinsaw. versus Kansas and Arkansas. I mean, <laughs> straw poll. Which which do you think is is the correct <laughs> correct pronunciation? Why is one Kansas and the other Kansas? 
It seems to have, be. Have y'all seen that? I don't know if people have seen that <laughs> meme where it's uh, this lady. She's like uh, staring at the uh, at the map and pointing at it. She goes, America, explain. Why is it Arkansas and not Arkansas? America, explain. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, English is like the worst language ever. <laughs> that's funny. Lori says trampoline birthday party tomorrow. Yay and amen. I didn't get the invite, Lori, though. Um, I'm just curious why. Why you wouldn't want me at a trampoline birthday party? Is that true, Josh? <laughs> what? What is? Josh it? said it's against the law in Arkansas to pronounce it as Arkansas. <laughs> is that? Is that actually? Is that, I wouldn't be surprised is if that's there, actually a law. Is there a, a, a rival going on there? <laughs> that's kind of funny. If that's real, I'd be kind of shook. But at the same time, I wouldn't be that surprised. Uh, now, why would they call it Ark Kansas? Is it because it's greater than Kansas? Uh, it's because that's where Noah's Ark happened. No. Oh, yeah. I see, I see. Uh, I, I, Jesus got a good laugh out of your St. Martin Luther there, Janice. St. Martin Luther, yeah. Your, yeah. your Freudian slip. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny, like before I, I think it was before or after I had my reversion to my Catholic faith when I was 15, I was a freshman in high school and I had to do a report about... Uh, church history in my mm. history class ironically it was not a catholic school but i had to talk about church history and they 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 assigned me to do research on martin luther really and that was like the first yeah that 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 class assignment was a uh, an interesting one yeah yeah <laughs> someone ought to make a movie about the real martin luther you know every mm. movie that's been made about him is so <laughs> not in keeping with actual history uh it'd be great to see a, a, like a real one the, the crazy Martin Luther. Uh, There's a great Polish movie on Martin Luther. I have to go find it. But it was so good. It was like actually the real story of, um, of Martin Luther. It wasn't a Polish movie. It was a Polish documentary, my, my mistake. Uh, but I'm trying to find Martin Luther documentary in Polish. It, I think Jesus is going to a Blue Mass this weekend. Oh yes, uh, we are. We're airing his um, PSAs across the Houston uh, local stations. There's a Blue Mass for first responders and police officers at the Coke Cathedral. I forget what day. Let us know, and I'll, we'll give you to, give it a shout out. It's called Luther and the Protestant Revolution by Braun Movies. B R A U N Movies. Mary wants to know if it's in English. Yes. Uh, well, it's. Uh, I think it's. It's subtitles, subtitles in English, yeah. and then they have a couple English speakers that are um, that are in there with Polish subtitles. Uh, so they, but it's mostly in Polish. But it's really, really good. I highly recommend. It. I'm trying to find the link. Yeah, so I can. Put I was going to ask chat. for like a recommendation of movies to watch this weekend. It's, I try to get five in. Bucks. I try to get in at least one movie. But if you think it's good to watch this, I'll. I'll... Oh, it's so good. Me and my family actually sat down and watched it together. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you have trouble reading the subtitles? No, no, no. Uh, I have. Uh, I'm. I'm a fairly decent reader. I uh, uh-huh. passed fifth grade. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, Kevin over on YouTube, which, uh, no, forgive me, Calvin, Calvin is Calvin a first time commenter? I believe Calvin is a first time commenter. What? Praise be to God! Yay! Yes! Amen! Amen! Oh, it's a documentary. It's so it's on Vimeo. Mm-hmm. Five dollars. And, uh, oh, we have to rent the documentary on... I thought this was like a, a live-action film. No. no, 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 no. It's a documentary yeah. on Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. Well, I will be checking that out then. 
It's excellent, excellent. I really loved it. It was probably one of the only because I've seen a lot of documentaries on Martin Luther. Yeah, I back when I was I was in high school, I was all into apologetics, and mm-hmm. I devoured everything apologetics related. And yeah. so uh, I wanted to learn all about the re- so-called reformers. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching all the documentaries on Luther and on the Protestant Reformation and all that nonsense. And this was easily the only one that I've ever seen that actually tells the true story of Martin Luther. So, Wow. We're, well, we're I'm looking listen. forward to seeing it then. Praise be to God. Uh, Calvin, where are you from? Let us know. I'd like to know. Uh, thanks for commenting for the first time today. Uh, Eric says he's going to be at his daughter's softball tournament. Hopefully he can make mass on Sunday. What do you mean hopefully? Come on, Eric. Come on, man. You got to make mass on, on Sunday. I don't care what the uh, other dispensation might say. You got to go to mass. Uh, let's see. Paul's been commenting over over on our webpage, uh, as he normally does, from Buffalo. I saw a couple of stories out of New York today. If we had time, I was going to jump into them. One was a story about the, uh, the I guess the headline said, presumed, the presumed mayor of Buffalo is a socialist. I don't know anything about her, but that was the headline. Um, then there was another story about uh, your brand new governor in New York, uh, a Catholic who a couple days ago said, well, well, come on, Texas ladies, come to New York. We'll, we'll abort your children up here. Blowing my mind to the insanity of that. Uh, but she's now saying that she will replace medical care workers who refuse the vaccine with foreign uh, workers. Let that set in. So absolutely, absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I think one story that really stood out to me was the Women's Health Protection Act that is going to be voted on today. Yeah. And uh, one thing that it states there, if this passes, it's going to eliminate all of the state level pro-life laws. So, you know, all the efforts that Texas has done, Florida has done. Yeah. That goes back to what we're talking to Timothy Gordon about a few days ago about the law of subsidiarity and how uh, the 14th Amendment sort of usurped states' rights. You know, post-Civil War, you had the, the occupation of the... Oh, I'm hitting my mic. You had the occupation of the South, which was depicted, by the way, in a film called The News of the World with... What's his name? Um, I'm asleep today, so I can't... My brain can't... Forrest Gump. What's his name? What... what? Uh, what's the actor's Tom, name? Tom Hanks. Tom, thank you. you I will take Tom Hanks. I should. I, I'm asleep, people. I haven't slept last night. So uh, Tom Hanks uh, played a character in post Civil War Texas in a film called The News of the World, where you can depict, you can see the occupation of the South. So, like Lieutenant Governor, for instance, Lieutenant Governor was an invention of the occupation of the South post Civil War to ensure. The, uh, that the South was obedient to the uh, the dictates of the North. And um, so it's very interesting, very interesting, these uh, federal overreaches and how the states are going to be re- re- responding to that to ensure that they can govern their own people. Uh, Mary Brown, actually, th- actually thinking about moving from New York. Yeah, I'm sure that's a tough decision, isn't it, Mary? It's like you love your state, you want to stay there, but... Do you really, you have to make tough choices, especially if you have, especially if you have kids, right? You got to make tough choices about, is this the quality of life you want? Is this the kind of life you want? Is it hard to raise kids in this environment? 
Um, those types of questions, I'm sure. Or if and you I, really like the lockdowns in New York, I recommend moving to Australia. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Yeah, today, that today's rough. guest was really uh, eye-opening to hear his perspective on what's going on in Australia. It's kind of uh, sad and unfortunate. Hey, let's check this out. Calvin is from South Dakota. Praise be to God. Yeah, uh, I'll read his comment. He said, thank you for the welcome. That film is well worth the rental. I've rented it a few times. I'm from South Dakota. An interview you did with Dr. E. Michael Jones interview led me here. Deo gracias. Praise be to God. Thank you for watching our interviews, our past interviews. Uh, that, that's that's good. Good. What is it called when you uh, have uh, loaded content that's uh, old content? What is yeah. that? What is, I'm trying to think of the, the See, word. We're I'm all asleep for. today. I, I don't <laughs> it's, know English. It's no, Friday. No, I'm no <laughs> But no, thank you very much, Calvin. We've had uh, E. Michael Jones on twice, so if you haven't seen the second yeah. one we had you with know, him, check it out. It's funny, when we put, we had E. Michael Jones on, we were thinking, oh man, this is going to be so controversial, we're going to get canceled. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Everybody loved him. Like, we have, we have, I have a series of videos on our website that YouTube has deleted from our account because they refuse to allow us to have those conversations. So it's a growing list of, of conversations not allowed. And some of them are like... People you probably barely heard of or know, but because of the nature of the conversation, it's not allowed. Whereas E. Michael Jones, who has been canceled by YouTube, uh, that, that those videos remain on our site. It's 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 funny to me. Yeah, I thought for sure we get uh, it'd be more controversial, but yeah, it definitely wasn't. Yeah. yeah, I love Dr. E. Michael Jones. I was actually talking to a friend of mine last night. Um, we were on the phone, and she was explaining to me how in her uh, psychology classes, they're pretty much like focusing on freud and i was like you know what you should read you should read libido dominandi by dr e michael jones and he traces the errors of psychology of the modern psychology and how they kind of just imbue sexual just garbage into everyone's mind because that's the world they see everything with and so they assume that that must be the only way in which people can see the world and uh, he does a really good job explaining that. That in Logos Rising is basically just walks through uh, psychology and explains the errors of modern psychology. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people would study psychology in the 21st century, to be honest. It's, <laughs> it's like 99% of it is garbage. Oh, like, it literally supposed to be the study of the soul, but it's not. You, it reminded me of, um, we talked to Paul Kangor uh, about his book on, on Marx. And, the Devil and Karl Marx. And he was talking about how he was pouring through the research to prepare to write that book and he had he had a research assistant a young woman who was helping him uh because he's a professor he used a student and um he had to apologize to her for uh for exposing her to such filth and demonic garbage yeah. you know it's just crazy and, and, and it, when i heard when i talked to him about that he was just like it was so horrible have to read this stuff it was it felt like a weight it felt like a giant millstone um having to force yourself to read such demonic garbage uh you're raising your hand you must be excited i have something you in the back sir. i have something awesome uh -huh. to do uh -huh. and to say yeah and uh okay. it is mm -hmm. the fact that uh what I'm sorry tammy Jesus. said what? No! that it is her birthday tomorrow oh happy birthday happy tammy, birthday, tammy. Happy birthday. she said i like to stir the pot and have jesus is a friend of mine but also the horns for balance what, why do you cover the horns with it's wow. not my fault is that a lower frequency what do you and mean so it's, it's a quieter what is this it's quieter what do they teach and, you in university and uh, jesus is a friend of mine is like very high pitched so uh, you know just i'm sorry from that what? perspective 
It's just louder. The horns of the apocalypse. Is it playing two? Of course. Double the effect because double the awesome. By the way, we should properly uh, wish Tammy a happy birthday, I would Uh-oh. say. Um, we should sing her. We should sing to her. We should serenade Tammy. I don't Tammy. think she wants to be... She uh, definitely does. She, I don't think she wants 100%. to... 100%. She doesn't want to be deaf. She would love this. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't celebrate my own birthday, but I, I'm happy to celebrate other people's birthdays. Josh said that his, uh, he posted the Project Veritas video and Facebook took it down and threatened him. Threatened him to like send Guido after you or like to beat you up or like Who's what? Guido? Like, you don't know who Guido is? No. Seriously, do you, you do not know? Okay, raise your hand if you know the historical reference of Guido. Mm. I, Guido is not just the mob guy who gets sent to, to, uh, to collect, right? Guido is a, has a very Catholic historical reference. Who knows what it is? I would love to know. That's a fascinating fact. Mm, I have no idea. What you have no about. idea. None. I feel, like, I feel like we've had this conversation before. We haven't, but it's a good one. It's a good one. Good no, Catholic no. History. Okay, you know what? You did tell me this. You and David were chastising me. I was sitting in chastising. The, in the, That's I was sitting harsh. in the chair over by the phone system. I remember that now. I was sitting over there, uh-huh, and you and uh-huh. David were yeah. chastising me yeah. for not knowing who Guido was. Guido! Anyway, who's Guido? I, well, let's see what the audience says first. Does the audience know? Who Guido is? Raise your hand if you know the his, the Catholic historical reference to Guido. Now he says the Godfather. Well, that's the common that's the common usage. You know that the whole the mob connection. You know, like, hey, I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse. You know, and Guido's gonna come show up and and collect. But there is where does that come from? Where does the term sending Guido come from? It's a it's a Catholic uh, historical reference. And in the meantime, we should we should sing. To, to, to Tammy. Franco says, play Las Mananitas for Tammy. Oh, instead of sing to her? Instead of sing to her? Um, I think that's much better. Y- are you sure? I, I don't know. Las is Mananitas it, is, is it? actually, what's the word I'm looking for? Or we can, um, or we can sing Las Mananitas. Okay, let's try that. How about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I say, Jane- you know, we know the policy around here. If you have an idea, you have to execute it. Yes, 100%. Amen. <laughs> All right, Janice, go for it. Well, we I, we I'm need sorry, a, we need the the chorus. Uh, need, I have no idea what what the chorus what, would be. But I that's mean okay. the the Acapella. instrumental acapella. Just go yeah. for it. Just go for it. Are you putting it on, Adrian? <laughs> hey, Sue <laughs> says he's not that old. By the way, uh, he doesn't remember uh, Guido because he's not that old. Guido, that would be like twelfth uh, century. Ah, you're getting there. You're getting there. Do you, guys, do you guys know this song? No. <laughs> Not even you, Adrian? Of course I do. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm not a singer, by the way. So I'm going to translate this for you. No, sing it! <laughs> sing it! Adrian, jump in! Miran que amaneción it's actually a very Catholic song if you listen to the lyrics. <laughs> so this is the Mexican birthday song. We sing, we sing this in my house for every birthday. Um, really cool fact about this song is that uh, the lyrics say uh, we want to wake you up to the the run, the sun rising because today is your feast day because it's 
the feast of your saint. Because in tradition, in Mexican culture, well, uh, when a child was born, the the uh, the child was automatically given the name of the saint that they were born on. So whatever feast the day or whatever saint was celebrated on that day, you were assigned that name. So it's kind of it's really cool because I think that's a very Catholic way to celebrate birthdays. Amen. Praise be to God. Happy birthday, Tammy. I was going to sing happy birthday to you, but this is probably better. It's probably better for everybody, everybody's interests to display the song. And thank you, uh, S. Franco, for, uh, for recommending it. But Eric calls for a grito. Mm, Jesus mm. can grito for us. Grito. Um, so the Guido, going back to Guido, historical reference to Guido. Guido was the man who was sent by the Pope to the East which ended in schism. And I think that was the 12th century. Or it was 11th. 11th or 12th? I forget. Are we talking about which schism? Uh, the, the schism between the Greek Orthodox and Rome. And I think it was the 11th century? The official schism? I'd or... have to look it up, and I'm really kind of fog-brained to, to do it well. So I'm, not, I'm just being lazy, I guess. I, I but forget. Guido was the guy's name. He, Guido was the guy who was sent and uh, didn't go well. So... There you go. That's the historical reference to sending Guido. It predates sending, it predates the mob I'm reference Googling. of the Godfather. I'm fact checking you. Sending By long. Guido. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Do that. Let's see. Look it up. Tammy says, uh, that was perfect. I did not know that. Thank you for sharing. That song is beautiful. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Yeah, I highly recommend looking <clears throat> up the lyrics. They're very beautiful. Now, Tammy, I don't know how old you are, and uh, I've been told it's not appropriate to ask a lady how old she is. So uh, She is as old as the uh, as our Lord allows her to be. Amen. Uh, so what do you do for your birthday? Uh, shark dive? Cliff jumping? Um, I don't know. What, what does one do? Underwater welding? I'm like, I'm just curious. What, is, what does one do on your birthday? Let us know. Uh, Calvin says, that's a very nice song. It reminds me of Vincente Fernandez. I like the naming tradition. Yeah. Vicente, Vicente Fernandez. Vicente. Vicente Fernandez. Mm -hmm. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. All right, let's see. Um, I'm search into the other comments here. Why does America have no good birthday song? I just what like, do you mean? It's so, it's such, so boring. To it's you. like you know my uh, my friend the Ramos's um, Maria, who's actually listening. Um, uh, I guess not Jesus, uh, <laughs> but Maria, Adriana, Rafa, and Miguel. Uh, they they put the happy birthday song to the tune of. Um, El Cid, <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> I was like blown away. It was so funny. I was uh, I was at their house, and it was not my birthday, but they just started breaking out into singing Happy Birthday to me to the tune of El Cid, and I was like, this needs to be the way we sing Happy Birthday from now on, <laughs> and they sang it in three parts, and wow. I was like, this is so good. <laughs> wow. That's elaborate. Yeah. The English translation. Uh, this is a King David song today because it is your saint day. We we wake you up to see the dawn. And then towards the end, it says, I would I wish today is your saint day. We congratulate you. I, I would like to be a Saint John. I would like to be a Saint Peter to come <clears throat> greet you with the music of heaven. And then it even refers to your baptismal font. It says um, in the and today the flowers were born and today the baptismal font uh, sing a song. Wow. Yeah. Pretty neat. 
Ah, uh, let's see. Sonia says, thank you for, sa- for saving our ears this morning. <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, uh, Sonia. I-, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, it's an excellent tradition at my place to for me to serenade uh, our family with uh, happy birthday. Tammy said, I'll be in quarantine due to exposure to a sick coworker. Oh. That's okay. Plenty of time for watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michelle Michelle asked the question, didn't Disney buy the rights uh, to the American Happy Birthday tune? I don't what? know. Is yeah. that possible? I thought I heard something about somebody buying the rights to the song, but I don't, I never fact check it. I, I don't know. Did you know mm-hmm. Disney attempted to purchase to copyright Dia de los Muertos due, uh, whenever they made Coco? Really? They attempted to copyright a national holiday. Like... How do you know that? Like, like you look that up, or I just know it. It, just, it was it was a whole. You thing. You intuited it. It was just a, it was a whole thing when it happened. It's a whole. I thing. just remember it whenever it happened. Wow. And they ended up obviously being told you you can't you can't copyright a holiday. And I'm like, what on earth? Uh, okay, Saint Guido is a real person. Yeah. Um, Guido. By the way, uh, Don huh. Don brought up an old an oldie. Uh, Father Guido Sarducci from Saturday Night Live. Boy, uh, I'd probably find that pretty scandalous these days. But back in the day, back in the day, Donald, uh, that was probably very funny. I think I laughed quite a bit back in the day with Father Guido, Father Guido Sarducci with his smoking, chain smoking all the time on Saturday Night Live. Um, let's see. Did you here. know Guido means guy? Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Saint Guido, patron saint of the Jersey Shore. Is it? Is that, <laughs> is oh that true? It's got to be a joke. That's got to be a joke. Got to be a joke. That's got to be a joke because we all know Jersey Shore is so corrupt. There's no way it has a patron saint. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Is Jersey Shore still around? I I feel like yeah, that was I mean, a. They didn't like destroy it or anything. I mean, not, I'm talking about the show. I know. I'm messing with you. <laughs> I remember when I was in eighth grade, that was like Come on, man. the show Come on, man. that everybody talked about. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it. I never Neither have either. Have I. Yeah. I don't know anything about it either. What I, else? Uh, let's see. Here We have a few minutes. I wanted to talk. I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I was really put off this morning to read uh, the headline stories coming out about the Biden administration strongly opposing honorable discharges. For troops who refuse the COVID nineteen oh, vaccine, yeah. like I get it, you're going to mandate that 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 they have it. And as an American service person, you sign a contract, you raise your right hand, you essentially waive many of your rights and freedoms uh, while you're in service, while you're under contract. That was one of our favorite things in the Marine Corps was UCMJ, United States Marine Corps, or you signed the mother bleeping contract. That was the other phrase we used all the time. Uh, I get it. You're going to mandate, you're going to force them. But why would you be so vicious for those service members who say, you know what, I'm not getting it, and you're going to discharge them. Why would you be so vicious as to refuse them an honorable discharge? Like, that just seems over the top. And it's a real problem because the other story was uh, thousands and thousands in the military are refusing the vaccine. People in, in command positions are refusing the, the vaccine even, but now even the Navy SEALs, uh, which is, uh, I think, a, uh, an, a sort of a, it's a sampling of the bigger problem. When you have a quarter or more of your Navy SEALs who are constantly deployed, I mean, they're, 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 their rotations are pretty intense, 
And if you have a quarter or more of those guys that are saying, no, we're not getting this, and now they're not going to get deployed and could even face other problems like dis- not, n- other than honorable discharges or, or court marshalings or what have you, UCMJ. That's a problem. Uh, I, I find this very shameful. I was so disappointed to, uh, to see this, that this is where our Amer- American military is going. So um, I was just so put off by that. And then, of course, Nancy Pelosi getting into a tit for tat. Talk about dialogue. A p- there is dialogue going on between her and Archbishop Cordelione. She says so. She says um, in an article this morning I saw, she says, quote, I'm Catholic. I come from a pro-life family. This is Nancy Pelosi speaking. I'm Catholic. I come from a pro-life family, not active in that regard, different in their view of women's right to choose, said Mrs. Pelosi, California Democrat. And I'm in my right to choose. I have five children, unquote, she says. The article that I'm reading from the Washington Times says San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Corleone said of the bill, quote, this proposal, uh, this proposed legislation is nothing short of the child's sacrifice and clearly in reaction, among other things, to the recently passed Texas heartbeat bill. But in this article, Nancy goes on to talk about who gets to decide. She says uh, that uh, she says, quote, the archbishop of the city, that area, San Francisco, and I had a disagreement about who should decide this. I believe that God has given us free will to honor our responsibilities, unquote. Who gets to decide if abortion is evil? Well, it ain't me and it ain't you. It is natural law. It applies to every human being on planet Earth, no matter the creed they profess, the, the church door they darken, or what a political office they hold, or what mitre they wear on their head. Murder is wrong. It is natural law. And we don't get to give it a pass for political expediency.